ladies and gentlemen. It's about that time. It's time to crush your fantasy football league. Grab yourself a drink and get ready. Because it's time. It's time to get that Dynasty Buzz. Already a few drinks deep in the Roto Lounge tonight. So don't be offended. It's your host, Brad Starks. Welcome into the lounge. It's Brad Starks. And we're gonna talk Dynasty Fantasy Football. If you tune into the Roto Lounge, this is a new endeavor of mine. We're gonna break off. We're gonna do strictly Dynasty. This is gonna be episode one. I'm gonna air it on Roto Lounge on Apple Podcasts, but make sure you look up the Dynasty Buzz on Apple Podcasts and go ahead and subscribe because this is going to be the last time you can find it on the Roto Lounge. And if you like it, leave me a five-star review. Let's get this thing bumping. Let's let everybody know the best place to get Dynasty advice. And that's in the Roto Lounge. So... First things first, when I do these podcasts, most times I'm going to be a little buzzed, all right? So I'm not here to offend anybody. If I say something bad about a player that you love, if I say something bad about a player that you own in fantasy football, listen, it's just the way I interpret the game, how I analyze my intuitions, over 20 years of experience, it's how I process information. So you can agree or you can disagree, but don't get mad at me, all right? I have no bias to my, you know, my rankings, my allegiance, you know, I I root for the Bucks, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you to get players that, you know, I don't think are going to help you win in championship league. So you might not like me, but my track record speaks for itself. You can check the timeline on Twitter. You can find me at Roto Lounge, but my new Twitter is at Dynasty Buzz Brad Starks. Subscribe to that. I'm going to drop nothing but Dynasty takes. I'm probably the only person that told you to get Robbie Anderson in the offseason. That's Dynasty. That's redraft. And I can't continue to do victory laps. I'm too tired. I can't continue to do victory laps. You've just got to stay tuned. You've got to take notes of what I tell you. Because I can't continue to remind people when I'm telling you to draft these players or trade for these players and stash them. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to provide you a resource 
give you actionable advice to help you become a better dynasty player or help you just make moves, help you understand values, help you on your trade agreements with league mates, anything I can do to help. My DMs are always open. Find me on Twitter at Roto Lounge or at Dynasty Buzz to give you that fire Dynasty takes. So this is episode one, all right? And typically, if you listen to the Roto Lounge, I usually start off with some whiskey. Bourbon whiskey is my new love. But for the Dynasty Buzz, I'm not doing whiskey, but I am drinking. And I'm going to drink craft cocktails for anybody that's interested in learning how to make cocktails, uh, you know, it's the it's if you like to drink, there's nothing better than a craft cocktail. You can really impress any of your guests, you know, your significant other, your neighbors, your friends, whatever. If you can make a good craft cocktail, there's nothing better than that, man. And and tonight. I am drinking one of my favorite drinks, and that's a Sazerac. And for those that don't know what a Sazerac is, a Sazerac is one of the original cocktails to ever appear in our history. Now, back in 1806, it was the very first time that the word cocktail was published uh, in writing, and it was basically explained as any spirit mixed with sugar, bitters, and water. And that's it. And there's really only, there's well, there's really two major cocktails that conform to that recipe. One is the old-fashioned, where if you can make a good old-fashioned, that's really all you need. I mean, that's the best drink if you know how to make it right. I have a YouTube video uh, if you want to look it up uh, on how to make the old-fashioned. But the Sazerac is the other cocktail uh, that conforms to that type of recipe. And, you know, some say it was the original cocktail. You know, uh, it's it's used with uh, Pachold Bitters. uh, And he was a pharmacist in New Orleans. And he used to mix uh, his bitters with French cognac, you know, down in New Orleans. Uh, after French cognac became hard to get, they moved it to a rye whiskey. And my guy on Twitter, Dr. Kyle Chap, you can find him at Dr. Chap on Twitter. He sent me a bottle of Sazerac rye whiskey from California because it's very hard to get in my hometown here in Ohio uh, because it's so good. It's made by the Buffalo Trace. Uh, distillery, um, and it's the official rye whiskey of New Orleans. And basically, a Sazerac is very simple to make, and there's no ice. It's just a straight drink. Uh, but basically, I'll run through it real quick for you, and I'm going to make a video on YouTube so you can see it, but it's a delicious drink if you like whiskey. Just get two rocks glasses, right? Put ice in one of them to chill that rocks glass. Put ice in the other one that you're going to mix your cocktail. Put two ounces of rye whiskey Put a quarter ounce of uh, simple syrup, which is equal parts sugar and water. Just boil that up, make you a nice little syrup. Uh, so put a quarter ounce of that in the whiskey and then get some patient bitters. And you just keep putting the patient bitters in it until it turns red. All right. 
You want it to look almost like the color of Kool-Aid, cherry Kool-Aid, just a red drink. You'll stir that around with some uh, with your bar spoon, get it chilled with the ice. That's going to incorporate the water. Then on the other glass that just has the ice, you're going to dump that out. You're going to take some absinthe or some herb saint. Have you ever seen that? You can either spray it in there or you can just you know pour a little bit in there, spin it around in the glass, and then dump it out. And then you strain that Sazerac mixture of the rye whiskey, the simple syrup, and the the uh, Pechol's bitters. And you strain it right into the glass with no ice, just straight. And then you peel a lemon, uh, the, uh, the peel of a lemon, and squeeze the oils into the drink. Rub it around the rim. Uh, and, and, you know, you can drop it in the glass if you want for a garnish. And it is a delicious cocktail if you like whiskey. One of my favorites. I posted a picture on Twitter. Uh, it's Sazzy time. We're drinking Sazeracs. We're going to talk fantasy football, dynasty football. And I don't really know where to start, right? It's it's episode one, and, and you're probably like, Brad's got it figured out what he's going to talk about. I have no clue. I have no clue. But I can talk about some things that are really dominating the timeline and how they affect Dynasty. And one of the biggest topics on Dynasty right now is James Robinson. Now, if you have James Robinson, we'll go ahead and give you a round of applause. Everybody clap it up for everybody that has James Robinson. Because frankly, I wasn't on James Robinson. All right. In the offseason, you know, we talked about Leonard Fournette. The Jags didn't want him. Avoid Leonard Fournette. I assumed, I figured he was going to probably be traded uh, by midseason to a contender. Uh, I figured that the Jacksonville Jaguars were going to rotate running backs. You know, in the offseason, even la at the end of last year, I told you to buy low on Raquel Armstead. Uh, you know, no intentions. Just buy him, get him cheap. You know, everybody was in love with Fournette at that time. You still had time to buy him cheap in the offseason. And these are the types of things that I'm going to tell you on the Dynasty Buzz. These moves to make, we're going to buy low and we're going to sell high. So if you acquired Raquel Armstead, right, as soon as Leonard Fournette was released, okay, Raquel Armstead's stock went through the roof, and he has he hadn't even played. He was on the COVID list, and his value still skyrocketed. So at that point, you should package up Raquel Armstead, and you should have sold him. Okay, you know I wasn't excited about any Jacksonville Jaguar running back because even if Raquel played, I figured it was going to be rotating backs. They they brought in Chris Thompson. They had James Robinson, Divina Zigbo, Raquel Armstead. I mean, it just wasn't an exciting opportunity. I mean, it was just going to be rotating backs. So I wasn't on James Robinson because I could care less about the Jaguars' offense. You know, the players that I'm targeting, I'm looking for high ceilings. And, you know, James Robinson was an undrafted free agent. Uh, you know, he was decent uh, in college. I mean, I think he's... He was one of the highest uh, rushers in his school's history. I think it was like... I don't know, was it Indiana State, Illinois State, or some some small school? Anyways, if you happen to acquire him, my boy on Twitter, uh, uh, Cooping General, uh, or General Coop, uh, told me that that uh, Raquel, or, uh, Robinson was the guy to get. Uh, and, and that's fine. If you got Robinson low, good for you. But here's the thing. 
you need to sell him. You need to sell him while it's hot, while this stock, and we're going to talk about stock values and we're going to talk about, you know, buying low, selling high, and riding it like the stock market. James Robinson is an absolute sell high or he's just a hold. Do not go out and buy James Robinson. If you have already, just don't do it. If you have already, there's nothing you can do about it, but don't go buying James Robinson for, for I've been seeing him going for Joe Mixon and, and first-round draft picks. I mean, that is absurd. We're not going to chase. We're not going to chase players that break out after a few weeks of their rookie season, okay? Let me tell you, it's okay to miss on players. You do, We're not going to hit every single player, but what we're going to do is we're going to build a good foundation. We're going to build around the foundation, and we're going to have contenders. We're going to have contenders, and every year we're going to compete for titles. So we're not going to trade valuable assets for a player because we don't want to miss out on the next big thing, okay? Yes, James Robinson has looked good. He's looked good. After three weeks, I think he had 90% market share of the Jaguars' rushing offense and 10% market share of the Jaguars' passing offense. That's not sustainable. That's not su sustainable, all right? James Robinson is having a great start to the season. Sell him now. Acquire first-round picks. Acquire veterans that have proven themselves year over year and build to our foundation. Now, if you have a really solid dynasty team and you just happen to get James Robinson and he's like your fifth running back, hold on to him. There's no reason to sell him. But if your team is not a contender and you happen to have James Robinson, sell him for pieces that are going to help us contend down the road. Because here's the thing. James Robinson, there's no draft capital to him. So as soon as he starts to struggle... There's no reason that they're going to keep him in the game because they have nothing invested in him. They don't have a first-round pick. The general manager's job isn't tied to his performance. The head coach's job isn't tied to his performance. So if he struggles, they're not going to keep going with him. All right? Not only that, what if this Jaguars coaching staff is gone next year or the year after? New coaches are going to come in. They're going to build the team that they want. They're going to draft running backs. They're going to get running backs with high draft capital. And James Robinson is just going to be a thing of the past. Now, people are going to say, well, what about Arian Foster? What about Arian Foster? Arian Foster was a stud in college. A lot of these players that go undrafted and become studs are players that did not showcase their talent in college. And that's not what James Robinson did. James Robinson showcased his talent in college. And he still went undrafted. So 32 teams passed on him every single round. Arian Foster, he showed talent. He, he had a lot of injury problems at Tennessee. He was undrafted. He went to a Gary Kubiak-type running scheme, a one-cut scheme. Did very well. Priest Holmes is another one. He, he started out at Texas, showed some potential. He got injured, and then Ricky Williams showed up in Texas. Priest Holmes was relegated to backup duties. 
went undrafted, ended up going to the Chiefs, had a few good seasons, a few great seasons, I should say. Those are exceptions to the rules. Those aren't every single undrafted free agents. Because for every Priest Holmes, you have a Mike Davis. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, C.J. Anderson. You have an Isaiah Crowell. You have these guys that come in. They have a few good seasons. All right. They're going to help you win here and there. But they're not worth first-round draft picks. They're not with. They're not worth talented running backs like a Joe Mixon. Do not sell a valuable asset that maybe has started out the gate slow for a guy that could be replaced next year. So if you have James Robinson, congratulations. We're going to give you that round of applause again. Hold on to him. If he's going to help you win a championship, hold on to him. But if you're rebuilding, get what you can. Sell high. Let's focus on the 2021 draft. Some of the, the top running backs coming out, the Najee Harris's, the Travis Etienne's, the Chuba Hubbard's, the guys that are going to have that second-round draft capital, third-round draft capital that teams are going to be invested in, that the Jaguars maybe could draft a Travis Etienne next year or Najee Harris. Then what happens to James Robinson? Nothing. I mean, people were given first-round picks for Darwin Thompson last year. And now what? Those first-round picks, guess what? They turn into Clyde Edwards-Alaire. You basically gave Clyde Edwards-Alaire for Darwin Thompson. Don't make that mistake with James Robinson. Now, we talked about my track record. And I haven't had a chance to, to really showcase all of my takes through Twitter. I've been on Twitter for a year, but I'm going to continue to provide a path to success. One of the players that I was very high on as a rookie was DJ Moore. To me, he was a foolproof prospect. Best wide receiver in his class. He's starting out slow. Some people are panicking. He's still a stud. Don't, don't worry about DJ Moore. All right. I talked about Robbie Anderson in the offseason. If you didn't see it, go to my uh, my Twitter, or I'm sorry, my YouTube page, Roto Lounge. Look up the Robbie Anderson breakout. I released it four or five months ago. All right, and on it, I told you, go ahead and buy Robbie Lowe. When he breaks out and your league mates are like, how did you know about this guy? Go ahead and sell him back. Get better assets for your dynasty team. That's how you win, Okay. That's how you win, and I'm going to help you get there. But DJ Moore is a stud. And another wide receiver that I like that I said was the number one wide receiver in this class is Justin Jefferson. And there was very few people that talked about Justin Jefferson as the best wide receiver in this class. The last few weeks, you guys have gotten a chance to see how talented he was. And right now, I believe as high on DJ Moore as I am. I would rather have Justin Jefferson on my dynasty team right now than DJ Moore. I believe Justin Jefferson has better touchdown upside than DJ Moore. DJ Moore is an athlete. I think he's a Jarvis Landry type player. 
He's going to get a lot of receptions, a lot of yards. He doesn't have very good yards after the catch. Justin Jefferson has all that. He's got touchdown upside. He's got yard after the catch upside. There was three prospects that I said that I want three prospects in this class. And you guys can all have the rest. Actually, you guys want the three that I want. And our opponents can all have the rest. And that was Jonathan Taylor. That was Cam Akers. And that was Justin Jefferson. Okay, Cam Cam has started out the gate slow. He's going to be a great buy low. If you can buy Cam Akers low right now, you go after him and you get him before he breaks out because he will break out. Cam Akers will break out. He's he's an unbelievable athlete. He will break out. Go get Justin Jefferson. Go get Cam Akers. But don't overpay. Okay. If you missed out on, on if you missed out on Justin Jefferson, don't worry about it. All right. A buy window is going to come along, and when that buy window comes along, I will tell you to jump on it. But we're not going to buy high, okay? If you try to get Justin Jefferson now, and the owner's like, oh, you got to give me, you know, you have to overpay for him. No, we're not going to overpay for any player. We're not going to chase upside. If we don't get Justin Jefferson, if you don't get Justin Jefferson on your lineups, I'll find somebody next year. We'll find somebody next year that we're going to get, and we're going to build our foundation. But right now, there's very few wide receivers that I want over Justin Jefferson. And no, I don't think CeeDee Lamb is better than Justin Jefferson. CeeDee Lamb is having a great season, but CeeDee Lamb is playing the slot right now. He's not facing any press coverage. He's not facing any good defensive backs. He's playing in the slot. Okay? So, yes, he's putting up good stats, but if or when the Cowboys move Michael Gallup, and he's probably somebody that you need to consider moving. Now, if he gets traded, he could always turn out to be a number one on another team. But I don't know if he's ever going to be that guy. I think he might just be a role player. But if Michael Gallup is ever out of the situation and CeeDee Lamb has to go on the outside uh, and face a good cornerback, I want to see what he can do. Amari Cooper is clearly the stud. Amari Cooper is clearly the alpha in Dallas. Hopefully you weren't. You know, down on Amari Cooper. I have Amari Cooper in so many leagues. I was drafted Amari Cooper at the end of the first round in Dynasty Leagues probably three years ago, anticipating this breakout. And, and last year, he was the number 10 fantasy wide receiver. This year, he's number one. He, he's, he is a stud. Uh, and CeeDee Lamb is going to be decent. I think he's going to be good, but... I don't think he's as good as Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson is the receiver that I want in this class. So if you got him, good for you. I have him in almost every league, and I'm ecstatic about it because I think he has a bright future in the league. I think he's a safe receiver. I think he's going to be a quarterback's best friend, uh, and I want him on all my leagues. So let's talk about Joe Mixon, too. Joe Mixon, a few weeks ago, everyone was saying how Joe Mixon was a bust. He comes in against Jacksonville, breaks off, you know, two long touchdown runs, ends up scoring three touchdowns, could have had four, but but Zach Taylor decided to throw the ball on first, second and goal on the one-yard line through an interception. Zach Taylor is Joe Mixon is is the reason Joe Mixon can't break out besides the offensive line. Joe Mixon has all the talent in the world. 
He could be a three-down back. He can block. He can catch. He can run. He's got great vision. He hasn't put it together yet. The Bengals are the Bengals. They had a terrible offensive line last year. In redrive, I was fading Joe Mixon all day last year. This year, I thought they were going to get um, their their first-round pick, tackle back, Williams. The offensive line still doesn't look that great. But Joe Mixon showed us his potential in week four, so I hope you did not sell him low. We're not going to sell low. If you want to sell Joe Mixon, you should hold him or you should have held him until this type of game. One thing I'm going to preach to you is we never sell low. There's a rule in the stock market or there's a saying in the stock market that you don't ever lose money until you sell at a loss. All right. So if you have a stock and you're losing money, you don't sell it because you're going to lose money once you sell it. You sit on it until it the value goes back up and you can either break even or you can sell for a profit. That's the exact approach we're going to take in Dynasty. Do not sell low. Do not take a loss. Now, there's going to be times where the company is about to go bankrupt and you just got to sell and just cut your losses. No one to cut your losses. We're, we're going to go there. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge on certain players. But Joe Mixon is definitely not one of them. So don't sell Joe Mixon. And if you want to sell Joe Mixon... And you don't and you don't believe in Joe Mixon, wait for one of these blow up games, you know, where he's got two touchdowns, a hundred yards, or even better, three touchdowns, um, because he has all the talent in the world. And your window for buying low close shut. He is gonna have a few tough games in the next few weeks, but then starting in the week ten, I think, week ten to the to week fifteen, he's got a really nice schedule. So if you can buy him low and redraft. Um, or Dynasty, uh, he could help you win a championship this year. Talking about some buy low, sell highs, all right? Some guys that I want to buy low on. Keep your eye on these guys because I think they're going to be perfect buy low opportunities for us right now. We got Andy Isabella, all right? Andy Isabella, every time he plays, he just shows up. Last year, you know, he, he just seemed tentative. He, he didn't seem like he was ready. I had him ranked, I believe, as the third or fourth wide receiver in the class last year uh, or the year that he came out. I was very high on him. Uh, and he's starting to show that talent. Now, next year, Fitzgerald's probably going to be gone. Christian Kirk can't seem to stay healthy. Right? He can't seem to stay on the field. So... I'm trying to buy Andy Isabella for like a fourth-round pick. So if he's quiet for a few games, if he's quiet for a few games, let's go after him. Let's offer a fourth-round pick knowing that we're only buying him for next year. We're not buying him for this year. We're buying him for next year when when Fitz, uh, Larry Fitzgerald's out of the picture and he's is an every-down player. Another one is Preston Williams. Preston Williams, last year he started out the gate, uh, first four games of the season. I believe he had like 17 catches, uh, I don't know, 200-something yards, two touchdowns. You know, looked very good as an undrafted free agent. Um, towards ACL in week eight. We know that it takes a year to recover from an ACL. They come back around 80%. 
slowly build up that strength in their legs, get that explosion back. And Preston Williams has come out the gates this year struggling. 90 yards, no touchdowns. People are giving up on him. Buy low. Send a fourth, maybe a late third. Stack him. And again, this is for next year. This is for next year. If Tua is starting next year and Preston Williams is starting next year and he's a year removed from that ACL surgery, that's when you're going to reap the benefits of sending a third or a fourth-round pick for him this year. All right? And then Irv Smith. Irv Smith is one of the tight ends that I loved last year. I mean, he, what a great class that was with Hawkinson and Fant and Irv Smith. Loved him. Still very young. Probably one of the best blocking tight ends in the league. Uh, hasn't done anything this year. Has been really quiet. But he's definitely a buy low. And you probably, unless it's a truther, you probably can get him for like a third or a fourth round pick. And I love stashing tight ends with, with upside because if you can get a tight end, it's really advantageous. It really sets you apart in your league. I'm big on evaluating the tight end. And you're going to see I have 100% George Kittle in all my dynasty leagues. I was on the George Kittle as a rookie. Nobody knew who he was. I had Tyler Higby as a rookie. Nobody knew who he was. I got all the Irv Smith I could, all the Noah fans I could, all the Hawkinsons I could because I, I I know from evaluating and knowing what to look for in a tight end that all three of them are going to be really good tight ends. And usually tight ends don't even break out to their 26, 27, 28 years old. So Irv Smith has a long way to go. You can get him cheap because his value is going to only increase as he gets older and eventually, and it could be two years down the line. It could be three years down the line. He will be a starting tight end in the NFL, and he will be a dominant tight end in the NFL. Speaking of tight ends, in the offseason, last year, at the end of last year, I told you to buy Noah, or, uh, Jonu Smith. I told you to buy Jonu Smith, get him off waivers, because he is going to be a top dynasty tight end. Three weeks into the season before COVID hit Titans, Jonu Smith was sitting at tight end number one. All right. These are the things that I'm going to help you identify in dynasty football. So I need you to stay tuned. I need you to subscribe. I need you to check me out on YouTube. All right. I need you to tune in to the dynasty buzz. Each and every week, have a drink. But before we go, I want to have my guy, Dr. Kyle Chap, on. And we're going to talk injuries, okay? I'll let him explain his background, but we're going to talk injuries and how that affects our dynasty rosters, our short-term and our long-term. So without further ado, let me introduce you to my guy. You can find him on Twitter. Dr. Chap FF on Twitter. Welcome, Kyle. How you doing, my man? What's up, Roto Lounge? What's up, Brad? Uh, happy to be on. I'm excited for this this segment we got going here. I think it could be could be fun. Yeah, I appreciate it. First of all, I want to uh, thank you for the uh, Sazerac rye. Uh, I-, I talked about when I got on, I talked about how I'm drinking Sazeracs tonight. And- 
you know, you sent me a bottle from California, so I appreciate that. Uh, you drinking anything tonight? Yeah, man, I'm drinking that. Uh, so I like to actually thank you too. You sent me a nice little dirt bag, but it had a little few little treats in there too. <laughs> so I'm drinking that that early times hundred proof that you gave me, and it is crisp. It is nice. It, it's good stuff. And you, you say the dirt bag because I had to add a little bag <laughs> to make the make the package heavy because it was just samples. So uh, you know we, we want to make sure that went through. So, anyways, I got you on because. You know, we want to make this Dynasty podcast, you know, an important listen for all of our our listeners. Every week they need to listen so that they have the best information that they can use and and, and use it to to help crush their league. So, you know, you're very good at what you do. Tell the listeners like your background and, and why why I'm coming to you to talk about Dynasty players injuries for the short term and for the long term. Of course, man. Um yeah, this is pretty much my career. Uh, I'm a doctor of physical therapy, have been so for about two and a half years now. So, and I'm in the orthopedic setting. So I'm pretty much dealing with these types of injuries every single day, all day. So um, it's been fun to kind of throw that into my into my fantasy outlooks and kind of help everyone else out. Because um, I mean, yeah, this is what I do every day. So I figure why not throw that into my love for fantasy football and, and help everyone else out out there. Yeah. And I appreciate it. Cause uh, somebody online uh, on Twitter was asking me a question about an injury. Like, I think it was Austin Eckler. And I'm yeah. like, you know, I, I wish, I wish that I knew injuries and I don't know injuries. So as much as information that I can gather and, you know, the intuition I have injuries, I don't know. So that's why I'm going to, you know, have you on and hopefully you can help us. So, we, we, we're talking about a couple guys that, that, that could be long-term fantasy buys. Um, why don't you go ahead and start? And let's talk about some recent injuries, and and, and, and we'll talk about if we, if we want to buy these guys low. Do we, do we want to hold them, or do we want to try to sell them moving forward and how that could affect us? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Who do you want to start with? Uh, I mean, we can start at the top. I mean, uh, the guy that hasn't even played this season, Corlin Sutton, uh, I mean, last year, you know, he pretty much seemed like he was quarterback proof. Uh, and I thought he was going to be in for a big season this year. He tore his knee up. I don't know how bad the knee injury is. Uh, and I really like Sutton, but I don't know how, how long is it going to take. Like, tell us about that injury and, and what we can expect from that. So they started with saying Cortland Sutton tore up his knee. And just, just hearing that, I was like, oh, man, he didn't just tear his ACL. He tore – something else in there with it. Um, and so you always fear of the, the triad, you know, the ACL, MCL, and meniscus. Um, so I know he at least tore his ACL and his MCL. And I know you, you're a big fan of Preston Williams. It is, I mean, when you tear one, you tear the other, it, it kind of all boils down to about nine months to a year recovery. Um, you know, it's never good with a young team developing. You know, Drew Locke's out there. Well, he's not out there right now. Um, Jerry Judy's kind of getting those reps. It's never good to miss an early year like that, but I'm not too concerned um, in the long term. He should come back fine. It's going to be the same type of scenario as Preston Williams where he, you know, 85% maybe to start the year, but you give him three, four games and he should get that traction. He should be back at it. I'm not concerned for long-term injury outlook. I mean. The recovery and the surgeries nowadays are fantastic. Um, 
So he's definitely, uh, if you're in a rebuild and you're looking to kind of sell off some, some vets to buy some younger guys that can uh, develop for you, Sutton's definitely one of those guys still. I'm not too concerned about that. Um, well, 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 good, because early in the episode, I was talking about some buy lows, and, and, and I want to I wanna create another segment for like buy low, sell, or, um, you know, buy low, sell high. And, and Preston Williams is one because we, we want to buy low now, but but it's planning for next year, right? So, you know, I'm sure a lot of Cortland Sutton owners right now are going to try to sell high. Uh, so our buy low window might be similar to what Preston Williams is going through now. You know, he starts off the season next year kind of slow, you know, and then that's when owners might be ready to like, okay, maybe I need to ditch Cortland Sutton. He's not going to recover. And, and that could be our buy low window. So, so if we have Sutton, we want to what hold right now, and uh, if we can get them low, we, we we'll get them low. Um, and for me, low is probably what like a, a mid second, uh, late second. That's I mean that's that's pretty low for him. Yeah, if you could do that for any set, even a high second, I'd absolutely be buying Sutton right now. Ab- anything other than a first, I'm buying. Um, for a first right now, I'm just there's just no need for anyone to sell a first right now for Sutton because he's not playing for you this year. So if you can get him anything short of that, even two seconds, I'd be willing to to do that for Sutton because he's shown that he could be, you know, the wide receiver one for, for the Ford, for the future in the Broncos. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm a big fan of Sutton's and, and I think Judy, I mean, this is my opinion. I think Judy's a Calvin Ridley clone. I think Judy's going to be a, a a good role player and then but i think sutton's i think sutton's the alpha there we'll, we'll see time will yeah. tell um what, what's another what's another player that, that i had on the list that we should talk about tonight uh we got um similar severity uh paris campbell yeah now now paris campbell i was big 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 on uh paris campbell excuse me a, a couple sazerac steve right now uh so i had him i actually had you know, Harry as the number one receiver. I had Paris Campbell as number two, uh, attached to Andrew Luck coming out. I mean, that was right before Andrew Luck retired, uh, which threw cold water right on that take. Uh, and then I had AJ Brown at number three. So I was a big fan of Paris Campbell and his ability. Uh, and as a rookie, he just he just seemed like he was made of glass. I mean, he just injury after injury after injury. You know, and, and I even talked to the listeners about. You know, let's see if he can stay healthy this year. And and sure enough, he gets injured again. Uh, but let's talk about his his injury right now. And, and then let's talk about what we want to do moving forward. Yeah, so he had um, a PCL and an MCL sprain. Uh, it looks like doing research, they've been really hush-hush about him. But looks like after research that they went ahead and did surgery on those which means it's at least a high of grade two, grade three. So, um, you know, definitely some good tearing of those, of those ligaments. So if I was to guess, I'd say he, he's done for the year. I mean, if he's not, it'd be very late in the season, but I just can't imagine him coming back this season. So it's another wash of a season for Paris Campbell, which is a bummer because the, the game that he, you know, that short amount of time he played, he looked fantastic for the Colts. He opened the game up for them. And ever since he's been gone, they just haven't looked great on offense. I mean, it's just not a very exciting offense. Um, I've been really big on Paris Campbell too. I took him in several rookie drafts last year and it's just a huge fucking bummer that he hasn't been able to play. 
And his injuries aren't even like one that you could even put the, you know, injury prone label on. I mean, he had a foot fracture, then a hand fracture, and then this, and you saw the injury. I mean, it was, he got hit pretty damn hard. It's just, he just had a really tough break to start his career. Um, I have him in a few leagues and it sucks. Um, I'm absolutely holding if I have him because I still am holding out hope. He's one of those guys that he's just so electric that I think he can play. If you can get him, he's one of those guys where if you're making a big trade and you want that little bit extra, try to get him thrown into your trade. Um, I think he's worth that little right now. Some people are just like already over him. And that that's where I'd be trying to buy him is in those like throw-ins to trades because it's, it's that small right now. Yeah, he. in my opinion, you're right. He's an absolute throw-in player. I, I, I don't even know if I would throw a third-round pick at him at this point. I mean, maybe a third-round pick if, you know, if I'm, I'm really stacked, I'm just looking for like home run type players. But I'm really concerned that he can't stay on the field. I mean, there are players that just can't stay healthy no matter how talented they are. I mean, you look at players like Kevin White, uh, just just athletically gifted players. They just can't stay on the field. Um, you know, and, and I have him in a lot of leagues, too. I mean, I was high on him as a rookie, but a lot of people weren't. So you were still getting him at the end of the first round, second round uh, in rookie drafts. Uh, but I don't know if I can move forward and buy him right now. Uh, but I don't I don't think we sell him either. I think that you just got to hold. And if he comes back and he has a really good game and then you want to unload him, I think that's when you try to sell high. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the belief that if if they're not playing for you this year, there's no need to throw a pick to get that player. Um, but I'd absolutely buy again in, in a throw-in. So he's a hold or a throw-in for me right now. All right, let, let's talk about another potential sell high. Um, and and it's, it's probably... Uh, you know, I shouldn't be talking about this player and selling in the same sentence, but Saquon Barkley, uh, his second year in a row, he's been injured, uh, ACL. Talk to us about, you know, his ACL and his potential recovery. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, we're talking exact same as Sutton's, uh, similar to Paris Campbell. He's obviously done for the year. Um, he's going to be coming into next year right around that time of recovery. So he might not be, you know, that 100% coming back, but he should be 90, 95. And for Saquon Barkley, that's better than 95% of the running backs in the game anyways. Um, yeah, last year he had the, the high ankle sprain. So he played 13 games. I'd say play fully, maybe 10 games. He is a little bit of a concern, but I do think that his, for some leagues, his value has dropped quite a bit where I actually bought this past weekend and I feel like it was a robbery getting getting a hold of Barkley in one of my rebuilds. Um, so what'd you give up? I gave up one quarterback, six point touchdown. I gave up Lamar Jackson, David Montgomery, and a twenty twenty-two second, and I got Barkley and CD Lamb. Oh my god! This, this is a robbery. Um, I actually threw in the second because I felt bad, but <laughs> but you know some people are really that like just okay. I need to win now. I I'll do what it takes. Like let me get rid of this guy. And there's those people out there that that make those decisions quick, and you just got to find them and, and capitalize. Um, if I have him, I'm very likely holding. It's a bummer. He kind of 
whatever team he's on, it's just a logjam and he, and he fucks it up likely for a team that was contending. But he's one of those guys where if I'm not getting what I think that he's worth, I'm, I'm just holding. And I'm not buying him unless I'm complete rebuild, no chance of winning. Yeah, I mean, this this might seem like a hot take, and there there are players. Let me let me preface before. So there are certain players that come along that, in my opinion, you just have to have. You know, when Saquon came into the league, um, in one of my leagues, I I was I just won the championship. Uh, I think it was off Carson Wentz's career year. Larry Fitzgerald had a great comeback season. I ended up shopping Carson Wentz. Um, Larry Fitzgerald, and then McCoy had the really good season in Buffalo, Sean McCoy. I packaged all three of those players for the 101, knowing that I was going to take Saquon Barkley. I believe I had Barkley in like two leagues. Um, He's one of those players where he – I anticipate that he was going to revolutionize the NFL. You know, I didn't really consider him a weapon or a running back. I considered him more of just a weapon where he could, you know, receive and he could run the ball. And there's certain players in fantasy football that you just don't want to trade. Um, but, but to me, Odell Beckham was one of the players you don't want to trade. And then just things just kept piling up and piling up and piling up. And you look back and you say, maybe, maybe I should have just sold him high when I had the opportunity. Uh, so in Saquon's case, I would not. I would not be upset if somebody tried to sell Saquon Barkley high. And when I say high, it's it's much more than Lamar Jackson, CeeDee Lamb, because that I, I think that you robbed that guy. I mean, I'd be looking for much more. I mean, you know, I need number one draft picks. I need young talent, uh, several players to move Saquon Barkley. And the reason I would move him, and there's a few reasons, because I try to compare Saquon to like a LaDainian Tomlinson because that's a similar type running back that I see. Um, But the Giants, the New York Giants are such a terrible franchise. Um, And I don't know if that's going to change anytime soon. So we talk about Barkley, right? He's going to probably be until midseason to where you're really going to start to see him come back to, to the Saquon Barkley that we expect. And then the Giants, they have Daniel Jones, who, in my opinion, he's he's not the answer. Uh, they have a terrible organization, offensive line, defensive line. Uh, it, it's just a bad, 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 bad situation. So if, if you had Saquon Barkley and, and you just wanted to sell him for, um, you know, a high return, and I, I don't even know what it is. It could be an array of things. I wouldn't be opposed to selling him high. If someone came after me and said, I'm going to give you this for Saquon Barkley, thinking they had a deal, I, I, I would consider it. Um, but if I don't get that great deal, I'm going to hold him. I mean, because I think he is a generational talent. Um, and again, he's still young. So, you know, you should have him for at least five more seasons. Um, but again, you know, like you said, you hold um, or, or you try to sell high, but you definitely don't sell low. And I think that the deal that you got, the owner definitely panicked and got out too. too yeah, too cheap. yeah, and I and I agree with you there. I mean, I don't blame people for selling high, especially if you're in a point it's early in the season and you say, "Hey, I still want to make a push." I've seen him go for, you know, someone sold him for Camara, but there there was picks involved where the guy who sold Camara got got some back, uh, like a second or something. You know, I don't I don't blame him for that. I think that's a 
good trade for the guy who who sold Barkley. Absolutely. Um, it just all goes down to scenario and where you're at with your team, and if you're willing to right. to hold. All right, then I talk about some other running backs. There's there's so many injuries this season. Um, let's talk about uh, Austin Eckler. I mean, he just, you know, he was battling with uh, Joshua Kelly. Uh, he was looking good these last two weeks, and then he tears his hamstring. Tell tell us about that. How bad it is. Do we expect him back this season? Is is he a sell? Is he a dynasty hold? Tell us about that. Absolutely. So MRI came back. He had a grade two hamstring strain, which means uh, some partial tearing in the hamstring. Grade three is a lot bigger of a tear in the hamstring. So you're talking more than just your typical hamstring pull, less than a tear, a full tear. Um, this is like a four to four to six week injury. It's not one of those. It's not you know, maybe he's back next week. Maybe he's back in a couple weeks. He's not, he's not going to be back anytime soon. He got put on the IR. What I'm looking at is that's at least three weeks. Their bye week is week 10. So that's what, five weeks away. That's right in the middle of that recovery. I'm thinking, and they, they got a pretty patty cake, you know, next few games. After the Saints this week, they're playing the Jets, the Dolphins, the Jags, the Raiders, and the Broncos. Um, I'm imagining he's coming back week 11 after that bye week. Um, so we're talking week 11 now in this season. That is two weeks prior to, uh, fantasy football playoffs. If, if we get that far. Um, so that's everything we have to keep in mind. Redraft. That sucks. You're, you're not in good shape. Dynasty. When he comes back, if they're if they make a push, if they win four of those six games, they could be making a playoff push, and he could be pretty big for you come come uh, playoff time. But there's a bunch of what ifs with him, and we don't know how Justin Jackson and Joshua Kelly can hold it down while he's gone. So let me ask you a question: When he does come back, is he going to come back that first game and be a hundred percent, or is he going to is it going to take him a while to to? So you would hope that. The, the training staff there, when he's back, he's ready to play. If he's coming back at 80% and he's got to knock some rust off, he shouldn't be playing because that's just going to put him at risk for re-injuring it. So I would hope as you know that they would get him involved early and often. So I'm not too concerned. I mean, maybe the first game to like, like 70% of what he would be, but I would assume right after that, that guy is – back to the maximum amount of carries that they were planning on giving him all season. And the, and, and the training staff you're referring to is the one that punctured Tyrone. Yes, Brown. that, well, that I would, I would hope that <laughs> that guy is no longer with the staff, but yeah, that part of that medical staff is who I would have hopes for to get Eckler back to where he needs to be. All right. So I don't have Eckler in any dynasty. I have been a few redraft leagues. Um, what, what's your opinion of Dynasty? I mean, you know, I really like Joshua <clears throat> Kelly. I don't, I don't know if you've been listening listening to me all offseason. I'm a big fan of Josh Kelly. I, I don't think he's ever going to be a stud, but I think he's going to be one of those guys that, you know, he, he's a contributor and he, he's just – he's always going to be on the field at some point. Um, you know, long-term, I think, to me, I would probably try to sell Eckler. Um, if he comes back and, he's, and, he, and he shows some potential – 
and I have him in dynasty, I probably would try to move him um, and, and target maybe some of the running backs in the 2021 class, like Najee Harris or, or Chuba Hubbard. What, what's your stance on? Uh, yeah. So um, I've actually been a big Joshua Kelly guy too, on my podcast, uh, dynasty rook at dynasty rook. Um, I've been talking about Josh Kelly too. He He's one of those late, you know, late second, early third round guys that I've been, you know, blowing the, ringing the bell on. Um, I don't have, honestly, I don't have Eckler in any leagues either. And I never planned on it. Um, I was happy for the hype that he got because he is, you know, seems like a great guy and a great player, but I just don't see how he fits long-term with them. He's getting a little bit older. Now it's kind of a wash of a season. He can kind of make that playoff push for you this year. But other than that, he's not helping you the entirety of your regular season. Um, I'd be trying to sell too. someone that I look at. Yeah. I'd look at if you can get an early 2021 pick, that'd be fantastic. Or if you can pair, uh, if you can get Gibson, maybe Antonio Gibson in a pick, that guy's looking fantastic. One of these younger guys that haven't officially broken out. So their, their cost isn't too high, but that look like they are right on the brink of it. Um, cause I'm, yeah, I, again, I'm not a huge Eckler fan. So if I can get a good, um, Buyback for that, I, I'm definitely selling Austin Eckler. All right. All right. There's, there's, I think there's a few more guys. Uh, let's talk about Nick Chubb. He just, just got injured this week. Tell me more because I don't even know much about his injury. Tell me about Nick Chubb. And, 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 you know, I know he had an ACL injury in college at Georgia. And I know that Gurley you know, had a similar injury and, and Gurley went from, from fantasy darling to, to fantasy duck yeah. real quick. Talk to me about Nick Chubb's injury and, and, and could we see a similar a path for Chubb where he could just be, you know, irrelevant in fantasy. T- talk to me okay. real quick. Tell me about that. Uh, Nick Chubb got an MCL sprain. Um, he was put on IR, which tells me it's at least grade two. So grade two, there's some partial tearing. Grade three is a full tear. Um, so he had a tear in the, in the MCL. So he's been put on the IR. We're looking at a similar length to Austin Eckler, four to six weeks. Um, and so when I see that, I immediately go to the bye week and see what week their bye is. And for the Browns, it's week nine. So it's another one of those that fits perfectly where I expect them to play through week nine. And then we're looking at a week 10, week 11 return for Nick Chubb. Um, as far as the girly, the whole girly thing, the girly, you know, they, there was reports that came out that his MRIs and x-rays show that he was having some pretty bad arthritis too. Um, I don't see, you know, nothing's really come out with Nick Chubb. He's been electric. I guess there is some concern, you know, when he comes back that maybe he slows down a bit, but I don't think he's quite there yet. I think he has another this season and maybe next season, and then he might slow down a little bit Um, with the ACL. And with that, you, you do have some concerns about arthritis. It's just the wear and tear on the joint. There is just a little bit harder than everyone else's, but I'm not quite there yet with him. I'm, I'm definitely holding in dynasty for him or buying if I can, especially if you're in a, in a kind of win in the next two years window, I think he could still be great for you. Um, although I am a hunt fan, but they just run so much that they're both, they're both pretty damn valuable. Yeah. And, and, and the one thing about hunt is hunt is, hunt has been very reliable. 
And I, I mean, I hate to say it. I mean, or uh, Chubb was a few yards away from the um, the rushing title last year. Actually, uh, did Derek Henry did. Last yeah. year? No, he didn't. Henry, Henry got 200 yards that last week and, and knocked Chubb out. But worst case scenario, we could see a role reversal. We could see actually Kareem Hunt take over this primary role and and, and Chubb be the role player based on, um, you know, if he doesn't come back to 100% health. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of undecided on, on Chubb right now. Um, I definitely wouldn't hate anyone that wanted to sell him. I mean, he's still young. Uh, but the the Browns did sign Cream Hunt to a two year deal. I think it was two year deal. Um, so, you know, he could be the thorn in Chubb's side, and, and, and he could take over as the starting back, and then Chubb could kind of rotate in. But Chubb is an extreme talent. The only thing that's going to slow him down is his injuries. But the same thing happened to Todd Gurley. So, we don't want to take um, you know take those injuries too lightly because it could affect his career. Um, and then one more, I think one more. Uh, a darling last year, AJ Brown. He hasn't even, you know, I think he played week one a little bit, got that knee bruise. Uh, and the Titans have been forfeiting these weeks and, and prolonging their season with these COVID uh, positive tests. But we should see AJ Brown soon, right? What's up, what's up with that knee bruise? Because I know we talked earlier in the season um, and you were expecting him to be back, you know, before week three, but it seems like it was worse than they originally anticipated can you tell us about this knee bruise and and for anyone that's never had a knee bruise like how bad is it and and how would it affect you yeah um yeah i think when you when you had asked me i said up uh anywhere from like one to four weeks it kind of depends on the severity of the bruise um you know that feeling when you when you push on a bruise picture that but every single step you take i mean you could tolerate it but it, it sucks. And when you're, you know, sprinting routes, you know, however many times a game, it just, it's just not really feasible. You're not playing at a hundred percent. You just can't push through that. Uh, so it's kind of like an inflammation rest, um, pain tolerance type of type of injury. Very, very minor, nothing to be concerned about. Um, I expect him back either this week on Tuesday, which I don't expect the game to be played and if that game's not played, I definitely expect him to be back next week. I'm pretty sure they said, even though I know they did not practice, they said limited today, which means they like if they have a game, he might be playing. I don't know. The whole Tennessee fantasy football player right now is an absolute nightmare. But I think A.J. Brown's like the ultimate send out a feeler to every single A.J. Brown under because – these Tennessee, you know, fantasy owners are a little, you know, nervous everywhere and people are forgetting how damn good AJ Brown is. Um, so I'm not concerned about his injury at all. He should be back. If not this week, next week. Yeah. It sounds like, it sounds like you want to go after maybe a, a owner that may be competing and has AJ Brown on his bench all season and maybe, you know, as a piece or way, you know, you give him a player and a pick, maybe he gives you AJ Brown, you sit on him for a year uh, and then next year, hopefully, when if COVID is gone, you know we get a full season of of healthy players. Um, is there any other man? Not uh, not off the top of my head. There's so many injuries that we could go on and on. Um, I'm sure we'll have plenty more next week to talk about. Yeah, I, I'm I'm hoping to have you on each and every week. I mean, uh, you know, as consistent as I can be, uh, you know, I. 
I, I imagine that I want to have a weekly podcast, you know, life happens. So sometimes I'm not available, but we'll try to get this podcast out as often as we can. And I'd love to have you on every episode talking about injuries, uh, giving the listeners um, the information they need to either go out and buy low or, or try to sell their players before their league mates catch on. And, and, and you're a great resource because, you know, it's hard to understand injuries. So when you can kind of provide that information to us uh, and explain it in a way that we can, you know, understand it and, and use that to our advantage. I mean, it's, it's, it's huge for our, our dynasty team. So I appreciate you coming on. Um, anybody that wants to follow Kyle, uh, he's at Dr. Chap FF. That's C H P F F uh, on Twitter, catch him on Apple dynasty, Rook, that podcast. Uh, and then hopefully, uh, on the dynasty buzz, you'll be able to hear his stuff. Uh, great guy, very knowledgeable. Uh, he can help you win your fantasy league. So give him a follow and, uh, and, and Kyle, we'll see you next week, man. And, and, and get some, get some more drinks, man. Uh, I'll send you some more samples. Um, and, and uh, I'm going to be doing a cocktail every week. So uh, this week it's a Sazerac uh, in honor of you for sending me that rye whiskey. So uh, take care, man. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for week, having me right? on, man. I look forward to continuing to come on in the future. So there you have it. My man Kyle broke down the injury. Sorry about the audio. That's our first time trying to record. We will we will improve that um, as we get familiar with, with the software and all that good stuff. So I hope you enjoyed episode one. We're only going to improve from here on out moving forward. But the advice is going to still be the same. It's going to be top notch. You're going to see, you're going to follow the track record and have confidence in the Roto Lounge, in Dynasty Buzz, that we are going to guide you down the right path. So if you can, go ahead and leave me a review on Dynasty Buzz at Apple Podcast. Uh, follow me on Roto Lounge. If you're not listening to the Roto Lounge podcast, follow me there. You can find me on YouTube at Roto Lounge. I also have an Instagram account where I you know, take pictures of the cocktails and all that good stuff. That's Roto underscore Lounge. I also got a Patreon. I'm going to edit the Patreon a little bit. Uh, hopefully get some contributions. Anyone that wants to support the podcast, that's patreon.com slash Roto Lounge. Um, but anyways, I enjoy doing this. I enjoy uh, talking fantasy football, helping others also you know, improve in fantasy football. So hit me up in my DMs. If you got any questions, send me some screenshots of your team. If you got any questions, uh, if you want uh, a detailed answer, hit me up in private uh, versus being on the timeline, and, and we can talk about your team and, and, and how we can help you uh, moving forward there. So I appreciate you stopping by. I'm going to try to do this every week as time permits and as my schedule permits. Uh, I want to be consistent for you guys, but but always know that, that I am going to be here. and We're going to have Dynasty Talk, and, and we're going to stack these championships and uh, it starts right here in the Roto Lounge. So, like I say in the Roto Lounge, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I'll check you out next time. Cheers. <laughs>